the borders of Yehuda and the cities of Yehuda. Now the next Shevet who land was given to was Shevet Yosef, which means both Menashe and Ephraim. It's an interesting thing. The order that the Shvatim were given the land seems to have been in the order that the Lots were chosen. In other words, Moshe is not, I mean, Yeshua isn't going, so to speak, through Eretz Yisrael in geographical order because if you look directly north of Yehuda, we have the two Shvatim of Binyamin on the one side and Don on the other. And both of those were only given in Nachla much later. It's only above both of them we have the Chalokim, which were given to Ephraim and Menashe. But uh, like I said, it must have been by the order of the girl and Shevet Yosef uh, was picked second, and therefore the second chalik of the Nachla to be apportioned was that of Yosef. So the Pasuk we're holding in the beginning of Perik Tazayin. Did he get it after you, who that he was the Bukhar? It could be he had the it wasn't by chance. So yes, and Yosef had the dinner of Bukhar. So after you heard the dinner of the Melech, so the next one in line would be, would be Yosef. So the Pasuk says in the beginning of Perik Tazayin, the Yetzirah girl of Yosef, the next girl to be chosen was that of Yosef, which is the portion of Yosef so the east side of the portion of Yosef was the Jordan River um, as you can see on the map in front of you and then we went there it went from the desert which goes above Yericho towards the mountains of Basel which means the central part of Eretz Yisrael there's a, there's a, we saw already that Shavit Yehuda the north port of Shevet Yudah was the top of the Yamamelech. There was a very narrow strip from the top of the Yamamelech until uh, above Gilgal, which was Shevet Binyamin, which is a bit hard to see in the diagram. It's basically at the small area just above, just above the Dead Sea. You see that the curved line of Shevet Binyamin. Right, and then above that, and then above that we have Shevet Ephraim, which is part of Shevet Yosef, which began north of Gilgal, like it says over here. And then the Shevet begins along the Jordan River. That's the East Bank, and it goes towards Basel, which is the central part of Eretz Yisrael. The Yatim Basel Luzah, the Avres Kavulha Arki Ataris, and it goes from Basel to Luz, and the Avres Kavulha Arki Ataris, Ataris is Lavadan, which is when the border like kind of curves and goes back down again. If you're following the contour on the map, it goes up towards Basel, and after it drops sharply towards Ataris. Right now, this. It's a bit of a shayla, because the Pasuk says by us, it went from Basel to Luz. And therefore, the mashmoos of the Pasuk over here is that Basel and Luz are two separate places. Right? Now, if you look at the Torah's account, it doesn't sound like that. When you have the account of the Torah, we have the fact that Yaakov, right, he went to sleep and he saw the vision of the dream, of the ladder, and when Yaakov wakes up in the morning, it says he calls the place Basel, Originally the place was called Luz, and Yaakov changed his name to Basel. So it sounds like we're talking about the same place whose name was originally Luz and was changed to Basel. We see over here that Luz and Basel are two separate places. So the Mephoshim point this out over here. Um, the Gon explains that Yaakov called the number of places Basel. Whatever, it wasn't meant to be the name of the place. It was more like a place where he saw the Shekhinah. This was a base skill. This was the house of the Shekhinah. And therefore, even though the Luz in the Torah was called Basel, but the Basel we're talking about here wasn't the same, the same place that Yaakov called Basel. That, was place name, that place's name was Luz. There was another Basel, which was also called by Yaakov at a later stage. Um, the Roman brings the possibility of the Hanin It says... Um, 
And when he comes back now from surviving Yilavan and Esav, so when he comes back to Eretz Israel, so he made the place, he called the place, he built his Mizbech, Kel Basel. So that's the second Basel. And therefore, we have two different places in the same area, approximately. This was the area where Yaakov came back to, it was on the way to Shechem, but uh, it wasn't exactly the same place. That's one way to answer the question. There's another interesting Mahalach we're going to see also, the other Mahalach bring over here, and that is that there was a different Luz. And we're going to see by the when you get to the beginning of Shaftim, uh, the story of the city of Luz. Right. Okay, so whatever it is, the base I refer to over here is not Luz, uh, the border of Yosef goes from the one to the other one. Now, after having dropped to go to Ataris, the Yard Yamel Gvul Hayafleti at Gvul Beis Chorin Tachton Vat Gazer, Vayotaytosav Yama. From there it goes westwards towards the sea. And if you part in the line of the border of Yosef, you'll see it rises very sharply when you to follow these places. Gazer and uh, it's much higher up, and therefore the border goes kind of like parallel to the coastal plain, quite sharply north, which is around what's going to be shaved down, and then we wait until it meets the sea. So they did have access to the sea, right? They had access to the sea, but higher up. Higher up. The whole central part of Eretz Israel today is called Kushtan, because that last was actually the Shavit of Dan. That was the Nachal of Dan. And it was only higher up above all of that, which would be near to present-day Netanya, that area, which is where Yosef's Nachal actually reaches the sea. Which was, and uh, that it's, so far spoke about the girl of B'nai Yosef. It didn't yet define Menashe or Ephraim. Right? And you see that's a bit surprising, because we know that Menashe and Ephraim were given separate Chalakim, because uh, that was Yosef's prophet giving a double portion, there would be a chayyik for Menashe and a chayyik for Ephraim. All he said so far is the, the girl went out for B'nai Yosef, and it's much where they went into the same girl. And therefore it says, Vayimchalu B'nai Yosef, Menashe and Ephraim. In this land which was given to B'nai Yosef, so Benash and Ephraim both took territory there. And therefore now we're going to split between them, because the south border was the same for both of them. The north border was the same for both of them. Along the middle, there was a dividing line that Ephraim got further to the south, and Benash got above them further to the north. When the road just described the north of Ephraim, like, so to speak, adjacent Nachalus, and therefore if you're going to call Yosef one, it would be the same south border for both. Well, we have a Torah today that's basically where our Torah is going to be Yes, yes. Right. Now, Vayi Gvul Bnei Ephraim Mishlechoisam, Vayi Gvul Nachalosam Mizracha, Atris Adar Adbeis Chorin Elyon. The, again, the the border of Ephraim was a more southerly one that's following the border of the, of Shevet Yosef, the one which is the Taurus and Beis Chorin, like we said before. The Yatzak Gvul Ayama, and the border reaches the sea. Hamichmas mitzafen. It goes north from where it reaches the sea to a place called Michmas, and then Venasaf Agvul Mizracha, Tanas Shiloi, Ve'Avaros Mizrach Yanaicha. Then the border comes back again, so it goes up the coast a certain amount, and then it curls back towards the center of Israel, towards the east, to get to Shiloh. Shiloh was in Gvul Ephraim. What are we describing now? It goes up to get to this place called Narasa. And then it goes to the place called Nairo, like we see later on in Melachim. And then it comes back down to the Jordan, to the Yarden, where it meets on the east side of Ephraim. And therefore, it's Mitapoch, Yarech, Agvul Yama, Nachal Karnev, Ayotaitus, Ayama, Zayis Nachalas, Matzev, Ephraim, and Mishbechaisa. Which is basically what you call today uh, the Shamran, the central part of Eretz Israel. It's called, it's a, it's a mountainous region, 
That's why it's called even today higher prime, the mountains of the prime. Right. And here was we have Shira. Now there's an interesting thing. He doesn't. He talks about the went to Tana Shira. What's Tana Shira? Um, so the, the city of Shira. What does it mean? So what does it mean? So there's a possible later on in Shaftim. And read it quickly. And the pasuk talks about the fact that they made a chag Hashem that they used to celebrate in Shiloh. And when it talks about the place that they used to go to in Shiloh, the pasuk describes it like this. Here the past, which goes from Basil to Shema, the pasuk says the Sila Oile in Basil Shema, which is next to Shiloh. The, the Malvin here brings a Gemara in Zvach, and the Gemara says there were three places that the Shechina rested in Eretz Yisrael. Um, they were on Shiloh, the first place in English, the second place in English. Then the Gemara says, All three of them were in the Chalik of Binyamin. And that's very strange, because we know Shiloh was not in the Chalik of Binyamin. On the contrary, just seen here, it's Mamish, came at the middle of Chalik of Prime. And not only that, Chazal say that. Chazal say when Yosef cried on Binyamin's neck, and Binyamin cried on Yosef's neck, and they met each other in Mitzrayim, so Chazal excited what they're crying about. So it says Yosef was crying about the Shurban of the Besamik, the Shushu, the Chalik of Binyamin. And Binyamin was crying about the Chalik of the, the, the Shurban of Shiloh, which is the Chalik of Yosef. So how do you reconcile these two Chazals? The one verse which says clearly that Shiloh was in the Chalik of Yosef, which it is. It's, it's very much centrally in the middle of the Chalik of Ephraim. And the other Chazal which says that all the, all the places where the Shechina rested were in Chalik of Binyamin. So, the, just like we saw by the base of Migdash, that even the base of Migdash was in Chelkoi, Shell, Binyamin, there was a Chelik which was in Chelik Yuvada also. So the Kodesh and the, uh, the, the Mizbech were in Chelik Binyamin, but the Chelik Yuvada reached right until that point. There was like a line along the side of the Mizbech, which was the borderline between them. So the Malvin wants to Mechadish, and the question is exactly how to see this on the map. The Malvin wants to Mechadish, that there was a strip of Binyamin which went up to Shiloh. And therefore, even though Shiloh is in Chalik Binyamin, but there was the Mesila. There was the Mesila, the path which led to Shiloh, which was the land which was still part of Chalik Binyamin. And therefore, he says, that's what the Apostle means over here. It was what, what the, was given to Yosef was the Tana Shiloh, was the area around Shiloh, whereas the path which went to Shiloh was still Chalik Binyamin. And that's what the Apostle says, Chag Lashin Bishiloh, that uh, the, the Chag was in Shiloh, which is where the Mishkan was. But what they celebrated was the Apostle says, When people used to celebrate, the Ramadan says, they did it on the east of Shiloh, on the Mesila, which is Oile, from Basil to Shiloh, which was still part of Chalik Binyamin. Which was still part of Chalik Binyamin. So there was like a, the road to Shiloh, so to speak, the path which led to Shiloh, was a certain like, area of Shalik Binyamin which, which kind of extended into the heart of Shalik Yosef, according to the way the Malbim understood. And therefore, the, the, the Mishkan was, even though it was in Shiloh, which was the city of Yosef, but a chalik of it, or at least was adjacent to the chalik of Binyamin. Now, that's not enough. The Malbus is even bigger Kiddush. Fascinating. We're going to learn in the end of the Sefer Shavtim that there was a Xer that the Shati made against Binyamin that no one would give their daughters to Binyamin. There was a civil war, and they came out to show the chalik Binyamin, all in the story. We got to show it to Hashem. But one of the agreements that Klai undertook was none of us are going to give our daughters to Binyamin. And as a result, there were, there were 600 men left of Binyamin who didn't have wives because the ladies of Binyamin had been destroyed. And uh, no one else in Klai was allowed to give them a daughter. So 
what the Pasuk says, that was after the Nash right. was What happened was, the Shvatim said what they were going to do is they were going to bring the girls to Shila, where they would dance in the vineyards, and they wouldn't give their daughters to Binyamin, but the men of Binyamin could come and take them. And that way they, would, uh, they wouldn't be over on their and there, but at the same time they would make sure that Binyamin had wives. That, uh, so how did that work? Why the Shila? So what the Malb explains over here is that, like we said, the part to Shila was a part of Chalik Binyamin. So therefore, even though they didn't give Binyamin Rishus to step out of the borders of their shaven, so to speak, out of their territory, but whenever the circle moved around the side of Shiloh and came into Chalik Binyamin, the men of Binyamin could take whoever came into their Chalik. So it was like, it was their, their Nachala, which they were, they were standing in. Anyway, so it's, I don't know why we need such a Chiddush. If they allowed them to take the girls, the Chorah would be allowed to go into the Nachala of the Shvatim also, but the Rav explains like that. He says, Since the, when the girls, wherever they wandered into Binyamin's area, which was the path leading to Shiloh, so that's when the people of Binyamin, the men of Binyamin, had the right to take them as wives. Either way around, what's interesting thing is that therefore, even though the, the, the Navi describes the, yeah, the borders of Shavit Ephraim, right, it doesn't talk about this Masilla which goes into Ephraim, but the Malb understood this, he's when he talks about it, it's understood from the Gemara that there was there must have been Shevet Binyamin somehow connected to Shiloh, that there was like a strip of land leading into the heart of Shevet Ephraim, which still belonged to Binyamin. You know, so that was the Taina Shiloh. Taina Shiloh is the surrounds of Shiloh, the surrounds of Shiloh, as opposed to the straightway to Shiloh, which is still belonging to Binyamin. You know, this was the land which was given to Binyamin. There were also cities which were given to Ephraim, which is in the land of Manasseh. And why was the reason for that? So we just said the area of Ephraim is the mountains. And therefore there were very few cities there. And therefore, like we said, every Shevet got cities and every Shevet got farmlands. So why is on the one hand mountains, like the Chazal said, the Gemara says, are more productive, more conducive to farming because you can farm all the slopes. You get more like arable territory, but it's much harder to build cities there. And therefore, they gave Ephraim cities in the property of Manasseh because that would be their parents of their cities. And when they gave them the city, they gave them the Chatzreim, which the areas around the city to, uh, for them as well. Right. And that was given to Ephraim, except for the one exception, the Harisha, Saknania, Yeshev, or Gazer. There was one city, a fortified city called Gezer, which they weren't able to conquer. And therefore, Yeshev, Aknani, Vakarev, Ephraim, or Yemazer, Vahila, Masaibet. The Knani remained in Gezer, so they called Yemazer, which means until the time the Lavi was written. And even though Ephraim were, were able to dominate them in the fact that they had to pay taxes to them, but they weren't able to eradicate them. So, and, and it was like an island in the middle of Shavit Ephraim, so they could besiege them. So they had to pay tax to whatever they wanted to do, but maybe they were just too strong for them to conquer. We're going to say at the beginning of Sefer Shavitim also that, that there was a certain time in Klai Yisrael that it said they didn't manage to conquer these places. To a certain extent, there was a certain complaint against them that they didn't exert themselves enough. In other words, it was a hard campaign, and they just left it. So they'll leave them alone. You won't fight, fight them. Even though the Chayra, had they, had they uh, gone the extra mile, so to speak, and tried harder, they would have been able to. The Pastor can show it in Perikalev. When it talks about this, it makes us complain. Ephraim, the Harish, the Knani, Hayeshev, Gazer. It says that the Ephraim didn't wipe out the Knani who were living in Gazer. And therefore, Yeshev, Knani, the Kirib, Gazer. The Knani remained in the midst of Ephraim in the city called Gazer because they never. They never finished the campaign and destroyed them. That's what we gave to Ephraim. Next, in the next part we'll see by the Shem in the next year, next week, as the, was the Nachal which was given to Menashe. There's just one interesting question to start with and finish with that tonight. Where the next paragraph talks about Menashe, and it says there that the Nachal was given to Menashe, 
So the first pasuk of Perek Yudzayin, the pasuk is an interesting thing. By here, Gara the Matzah Benasher. The next was the Gara was given to Benasher. Kihu Bechor Yosef, because he was the Bechor of Yosef. And all the Farshim asked the question, it doesn't make sense. If well, why are you trying to say Benasher was the Bechor? If you're trying to say that as a Bechor, you should have gotten first. Then why, is it, why do you bring Ephraim first? So the others explain like the redact that it means even though he was the Bechor, even though even though he was the Bechor, Ephraim got first like Yaakov Avinu. Even though Nash was the Bukhar, Yaakov gave preference to Ephraim, so it means he also key is not Belashim because it's because although. Although he was the Bukhar, he got the second. There's another interesting Pshati also, and that is we know that Khatsi Nash got Yarden. And therefore they say that the reason why Manasha got in two places is because he was Bukhar Yosef. Yosef was meant to get a double portion as a Bukhar, and that double portion went to Manasha. He was the Bukhar of Yosef, and that's why Manasha got two Khalakim of Eris Israel. We one Khalakim of Israel, and he also got a Khalak in Ever Yarden. Which would be like two potions, which uh, he got. That's, that was the Bechorah of Yosef, so to speak, which was given to him. This is interesting because, as we said before, the Bechorah of Yosef should have been Ephraim and Menashe. On the other hand, we find that Ephraim and Menashe, they didn't get more per capita than anybody else. What was the Bechorah? So, according to these Bechorah, here we have the Bechorah. Menashe got more. Menashe got an extra Cherek. And every yard that was his extra portion, which was, as the Bechorah of Yosef, he got the Bechorah, which was due to Yosef.